Welcome to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am Jeff Rubin, and today I'm excited because we're going to be talking about the Muppets with... Ryan Rowe. And... Joe Hennis. And these guys know a lot about the Muppets. Gentlemen, what are your Muppet credentials? Well, uh, we... What's your Muppet resume? Our Muppet resume. Ooh. That's tough. Well, the, our big thing on, the, on our resume at the very top is that we run toughpigs.com. Uh, which is a Muppet fan site uh, aimed toward uh, adult age fans of the Muppets. Like the tagline is Muppet fans who grew up. That's right. Uh, we the, the site has been around since 2001. Uh, we've been running what? it. 2001? The site, we haven't been running it the whole time. No. That's uh, like an eternity in internet years. Well, we, what we say is it was a blog before the word blog existed, which is actually true. I don't think the word blog it existed It used to be completely in black and white. <laughs> so, that's not even that's, a joke. You true. inherited it from someone? We did. His name's Danny Horn. And uh, around 2005, Danny left uh, Tough Pigs behind because... Actually, I should back up. Before Tough Pigs, he actually published a zine in the cool. mid-90s called Muppet Zine. That was like the pre-blog blog. It was. It was amazing. I had a subscription. Do we have to explain what a zine is? Do people not know? Oh, maybe. Potentially what zine? I'm not sure. Well, it's, it's I guess we, we talked short about for it. So, magazine. Yeah. But they're like... Sell, there was This was like a thing before the internet where people would like yeah. self-publish, you know, just with a Xerox machine, little handheld magazines, and they're cool and interesting. Yes. Right. So Danny would write about Muppets and make his own photocopies and mail them to people. This is just pre-internet, and this guy's just like, I gotta be talking about the Muppets. I gotta yeah, be getting right. the, the word out. When there. you have the passion, you have to do something about it. So he's publishing a zine. He's uh, then he obviously it becomes a website, and then Correct. in 2005, what happened? So 2005, Danny left to start the Muppet Wiki. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Muppet Wiki. I, you know, it's got an incredible logo. The logo yes. for it's that Kermit eye. It's very, that's how it's I... so simple. I've probably been to the Wiki for a lot of things, but I'm sure I've been to the Muppet one because I know that logo so well. Yep, yep. Yeah. So he started the Wiki in 2005. Yes. And when, when was Wikipedia started? Like, was that... That seems like it's very early in Wiki. It had been around a few years. I think that was just around the time that the specialized Wikis were becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. Like Disney Wikis and Star Wars... Right, you know, Wikipedia and whatnot. That one, yeah. that right. one, that Wikipedia is the the name is as good as the logo. <laughs> yeah, the Muppet Wiki. So uh, at the time, uh, the Muppet Wiki was the fastest growing wiki that Wikia had. So Wikipedia was huge. They were never going to compete with those numbers. But Muppet Wiki just completely exploded. The fan base just jumped on it, and he had no Danny had no time for Duffigs anymore. Mm -hmm. He just completely left the site behind. So uh, about a year later, uh, Ryan had just moved to New York and moved into my apartment here, which is where we're sitting right now. And uh, Danny came to visit. Uh, this is just a couple months after he moved here. And um, we told Danny, you know, if you're not going to do it anymore, what if we did it? It had been about a year with no content, and people people wanted more Tough Pigs. So right. what is doing it exactly? What do you, what do, you <laughs> do as the administrator say? What is the content of a site about the Muppets, which, you know, are uh, active. I guess they're on and off active. You know, maybe they're not producing something every given week, though. There's usually something going on between the Muppets, like the Muppet Show characters that are now owned by Disney, mm -hmm. and Sesame Street, which is always doing new stuff. And then the Jim Henson Company still owns stuff like uh, the Dark Crystal and Fraggle Rock and that kind of stuff. So, But that's pretty recent. Like, now I feel like the Muppets, but surely there were some... All I'm saying is, what do you guys do at the Muppet site all the time? You know, what, what are the what are the constant update you guys are writing? Is it just that, just like writing anytime any one of these characters, anything Henson adjacent? That's part of it. Yeah. So we we try to get as much content as we can. And the good thing about the Muppets is that there's like 60 years worth of of history there. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've uh, so far, at least, we've done a pretty good job at finding different ways to talk about all these different things that have happened and will happen, and things that are coinciding with things in the world. So basically, it comes down to uh, news, 
commentaries, uh, reviews, read reviews, mm-hmm. all of which, by the way, we do with a kind of a more snarky voice. Kind of, we try to be funny with it. Mm-hmm. Try to have have fun with it. We try. We try. I don't know if we always succeed. <laughs> right. We think we're funny. That's the important thing. Uh, we do interviews with the uh, with the puppeteers and the writers and things like that. Um, what else do we do? Well, we have a category on the site called Fun Stuff, which is just... Uh, <laughs> Everything else of... is deadly serious. Right. Oh, yes. Yes, all. always. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we'll have uh, people send in their redesigns for Muppet Movie DVD covers and stuff like that. Or there's something we used to do every year, and now it's a little more sporadic, but the Ugly Muppet Toy Pageant. So we ask people to look for pictures of the ugliest Muppet toys, like official licensed Muppet toys they can find. And send them in, and then people vote on which ones are the ugliest. There are some really, really ugly, horrible Muppet yes. toys out there. Like What's... cross-eyed Elmos, or like uh, cookie monsters that look like they've been shaved. Or yeah, Let's there's... take a step back for a second. What is a Muppet? In the words of uh, Lisa Simpson, a paraphrase Lisa Simpson, <laughs> what exactly is a Muppet? Where do we draw the line? It's not just things on the Muppet Show. Sesame Street, that counts. How, right. how do we define what a Muppet is? So, well, for now, if you're talking this, the actual definition of Muppets, that would be the things that you see on the Muppet Show, like those wiggling dollies. But uh, for us personally, when we say we run a Muppet fan site, we're talking about everything that's covered by the Muppet family, now owned by Disney, everything on Sesame Street, and everything owned by the Jim Henson Company. Which are three separate entities. Yeah, Disney, it used to correct. be a lot easier when everything was owned by the Hensons, but it's a little more complicated these so, days. So what is still owned by the Henson Company? They own uh, Fraggle Rock, uh, Dark mm. Crystal, Labyrinth. The Storyteller TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also do a lot of work with uh, Jim Henson's legacy and like the thing, you know, things like um, you know, his, the things he's written, uh, like early scripts that were never produced and sketches that he made, things like that. They, they find new ways to repurpose that kind of stuff. So what's going on on the Muppet site, Tough Pigs, today? Like, what did you guys? What was the most recent thing you guys posted? We we actually just finished our April Fools. Uh, oh yeah, thing, that was big, which was awesome. So every year we do a really fun April Fools gag. I mean, April, you know, April Fools on the internet now. Sure. We're not actually fooling anyone. <laughs> uh, I think one year you wrote wrote an article about the new Muppet movie. Yeah, it was the year that uh, the rumors were flying about Jason Segel, his Muppet movie script, mm-hmm. which we didn't really know exactly what it was going to be at that time. So I just posted an article at the top of the website uh, announcing that Disney had decided to just remake the original Muppet movie from 1979. Yep. <laughs> I always forget if it's 1978 <laughs> or 79. Uh, but the funny thing about that is that it's so specific and it's so it's just barely believable. So a lot just of people yeah, barely right, believable yeah, yeah. enough, but a lot of people got really mad. That's at true. That. Uh, but uh, in previous years, you know, we turned tough pigs into tough bears. It was all about Muppet bears. And what is the name tough pigs referring to? Uh, so when Danny started Tough Pigs, he was afraid because he knew he was going to be doing everything with a very critical, snarky voice that, uh, the people who own the Muppets might get upset and might want to try to shut him down. And in 2001, nobody really knew who was going to end up owning the Muppets because Mm -hmm. they had just been sold. Let's see. The Jim Henson company had been sold to this German media conglomerate called EMTV that didn't really know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. And then they got bought back by the Henson family and then we thought they might sell them to Disney so we didn't really know who was going to end up with them so Danny just didn't want whoever owned them to end up suing him so he didn't want to have a website with the word Muppet in it okay. that's what it comes down to and at the time he was planning on writing a book called uh, Tough Pigs and Gentle, Gentle Frogs, Frogs. Uh, kind of an everything mm-hmm. I ever wanted to know I learned from the Muppets type of thing and uh, that's where the name came from. And right now, because we inherited the site, uh, we're kind of kicking ourselves just a little bit because we're a little bit harder to find on a Google search. <laughs> we kind of wish it had the word Muppet in the yeah. name of the website sometimes. Yep. So when you guys are writing a review, are you writing a review 
uh, from the perspective of, you know, uh, from the present, what, what, what do you try to cover in their view? Because obviously we all like the Muppets, right? Like sure. it's good. You're yep. running the website. So like what, what are you looking for in a review? There's a couple of things. Well, first of all, uh, I mean, we are well aware that for a lot of this stuff, especially Sesame Street related stuff, we're not the key demographic. You're reviewing Sesame Street? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We review Sesame Street stuff all the time. Because the great thing about Sesame Street is that it works on multiple levels. Yeah. I did actually tweet like literally yesterday yesterday because they did a game, game of, of thrones thing yes. yeah they did yes. a game of thrones exactly thing. which is so great and we were excited to write about that the yeah. other day. uh but uh the muppets uh like kermit piggy type uh family muppets um are a little bit uh we get a little more critical about those things because we are the target demographic for those things so mm-hmm. if there's something that they do that maybe we don't think it's very funny we don't think that the production value is very high we think like what the hell are they doing you know like hanging out with like disney tween stars for this production they did a recent uh series that's actually going on now for disney jr where it's the, the muppet show characters talking to little kids and like counting to 10 with them and stuff which is really not what that family of characters was designed for. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's yeah, like the we, Sesame Street. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So we right. did not hesitate to kind of be critical of that <laughs> stuff. And the shit out of it. <laughs> really took them down a notch. Well, it was more like, why are they doing this? Well, the, the great thing is that, you know, we've met a lot of the puppeteers and, uh, and the writers and such. And, you know, sometimes they just get an assignment and they have to run with it. So it, it, we almost never talk about their performance. We do if, if it's a particularly awful performance, which is rare, but um, we rarely attack the actual performers. Yeah, because I can't think of any time we've ever actually criticized a performance. Maybe I, you I can think of I one. don't think I have. No, I can think of one where we oh, have. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about yeah, it We can talk time. about it later. But uh, <laughs> we... Um, uh, they want these productions to be as good as possible as well. So I think they actually like the fact that we talk about these things mm-hmm. and, and talk about like, no, that's not what the Muppets would do. The Muppets would do this instead because they're probably saying the same thing, but they aren't really being heard because they're just being hired for a job. And I think the stuff we write is readable to anyone, not just the hardcore geeks like us mm-hmm. but it's that's definitely the point of view that we're writing it from from the hardcore geek yes point. exactly although the, every once in a while we do we do do some stuff that's just like i'm sorry you're not gonna get this. what, is, oh, what is something like that what is something that i as the casual muppet fan reading a review <laughs> online might what you might write about that would really stump me well i mean to go and it's tough because the muppets are so well known you know exactly. like everyone yeah. knows the Muppets. right but because there's so much history like we i mean we ryan and i have these uh, like encyclopedic memories for these obscure characters and sketches and appearances that aren't on DVD and like so basically so I want to go back to like we our April Fool's joke this year which uh, we turned Tough Pigs into a BuzzFeed parody we called it Buzz Pigs mm-hmm. and we replaced all the articles on the site with these clickbait type articles and a few of them just got very very specific uh, I'm trying to think of a good example that would really uh, illustrate well, there was a uh like 10 things a true Muppet fan would do in New York City. And they were all pretty much references to the Muppets Take Manhattan. So if you don't know that movie well, you you would maybe get two or three things on the list. Right. What about... Uh, so we talked a little bit about like you not liking some Muppet things. Obviously, you like most Muppet things, if not all Muppet things. Yes. What, what for you is like... What is the real shit. I'm sorry I'm cursing so much. No, it's fine. What is the truth, the prime Muppet thing? If you had, because this is unbelievable, but imagine 
just hypothetically, someone wasn't familiar with the Muppets, what would you show them to explain why you're doing this and why you've devoted all this energy to This is to actually it? an article that Ryan wrote. We have talked about this, yeah. He, did, did, he wrote an article about this, right? Like the, the three was, things you would show someone who never heard yeah, of the Muppets. Yeah, I think it was six things, actually, because nobody could limit it to, to just two so or three So what's on that list? But, well, for me, the main thing is uh, The Great Muppet Caper, because that's my favorite of the Muppet movies and I think it's the purest expression of what they do which is just like the musical numbers the comedy and then the the, the heart what it, makes it and I you know I know the Muppet movie re- the first one the you know the Muppet movie really really well I know the others you know I probably would have missed some of the references on your Muppets Take Manhattan list but I know them pretty well what makes the the great Muppet caper so much better than you know well I'm not saying so much better but what it's makes just, it stand it's just out? my what favorite makes it stand it's, out to you? I don't it's that that old Hollywood musical pastiche, it's just like, uh, it, it works really well for the Muppets. I love the Muppet movie, though, too. It's a great story. Cool. What See, else was, so what, it's funny. Well, it's funny because Ryan has a lot more affection for the Great Muppet Caper than I. I mean, I do love the Great Muppet Caper, but like, I it probably wouldn't make my top, whatever, six. What are we talking about? Six things? Uh, oh, things to show up. Yeah, really? yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I love the Muppet movie, but uh, honestly, like, the most pure... Uh, like apex of anything Muppets for me is always going to be the Muppet show. And I know there's 120 episodes to choose from, which makes it much more difficult. Did you have a specific episode on the list? When you... <clears throat> or even an era of it, like early Muppet show versus later Muppet show. Do you see a difference there? Well, probably sure not yeah. early Muppet show. Yeah. First season of Muppet show is a little shaky. It's a little rough. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you watch it, like Gonzo looks really strange and, and the you guest have stars aren't really like, involved with whatever's yeah, going on. Yeah. You have on. characters like Hildra, the wardrobe mistress who nobody has ever heard of at yeah. this point. Yeah. Did you call her Hildra? Just now? Hilda, Hilda the wardrobe Hilda. mistress. I heard Hildra. Oh well, there's a lot of. I just want to correct you real quick. <laughs> wardrobe mistress Hilda. In case any diehard fans are listening, I that's didn't want part them of to the, think you were sure doing something wrong. A big part of running tough pigs is correcting people too. Oh yeah, we are or, or, or just biting our our tongues, trying not to, because uh, sometimes I people usually are wrong. can't bite my tongue. I yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I could probably l- rattle off a what bunch a, of Muppet what show else episodes. Is on that li- well, but, okay, so yeah, give me give me a few of your top right, so Muppet like, show episodes. The Harry Belafonte episode, the John Cleese episode. Harry Pearl. Belafonte was one of Jim Henson's favorites, by the way. Yeah, of course. Uh, Pearl Bailey episode is great. Oh yeah, Who's that's Pearl a great one. She was uh, like a like a soul R and B singer. Cool. Um, that sounds good. And uh, she does this amazing uh, uh, song with Floyd uh, backstage, which is one of my all time favorite Muppet. That moments. episode also has the final uh, segment is where they're doing the jousting scene from Camelot, but the concept is they couldn't get the rights to the songs. So they have to do numbers from other musicals and try to make them fit into the jousting scene from Camelot, and that's just very funny and silly. Funny. And, and it's yeah. also funny, the backstage story there is that it costs them so much more money to get the rights to all the songs they use in the right, jousting right. scene that's rather what... than if they just use the ones from Camelot. Who is the audience for the... Like, who was it designed for? Because I wasn't around when they were airing it. I was very, very young, at the very least. And, you know, I grew up with... And we got to talk about it. Muppet Babies was like, <laughs> I loved Muppet Babies when sure. I was a kid. And, yep. it, you know, and that, and I was, so I was just always into the Muppets. I was always into the Muppet show, even at a very young age, probably too young an age to like really appreciate, you know, certainly at least some of what was going on in the show. So who is the Muppet show for? Who is it designed for? Is it everyone? Is it designed to work on all those levels? Well, here, the way I see it is uh, Jim Henson always wanted to do a show for adults. And he got kind of... I don't want to say stuck, but he was kind of stuck doing Sesame Street for for a long time, uh, and really wanted to branch out of that. So his original he, concept, he just didn't want people to think that it was only for little kids, right? Gotcha, but yeah. when he tried to to um, you know make uh, his first few pilots for the uh, for uh, the what would, be, what would become the Muppet Show. Uh, it was much more for adults, and that didn't really work. Like he really, 
like needed to find something which what would become the Muppet Show that was for everyone. The so, second pilot was actually called the Muppet Show: Sex and Violence. <laughs> right? Is that like available online somewhere? Uh, it's actually um, on the first season uh, DVDs of yeah. Muppet Show. Uh, so yes, the, the the Kermit Piggy type characters, I would say those are actually for everyone from you know one to a hundred and one. Who watched the Muppet Show when it was on? Was it popular? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it was at the time. It was the most widely syndicated show in the world. It was syndicated. It wasn't on. Yeah, it was actually one of the first shows to become syndicated, from from what I understand. Where uh, at the time, uh, let's see if I can get my history right. I hope I, I hope I have all this correct. I'll uh, correct you. Thank you. So uh, when the networks were told from the seven o'clock to eight o'clock hour, you're all responsible for your own content. It was when they created that family hour right. time slot. And uh, they expected the uh, the networks to have their own studios and create their own TV shows, but you know almost no networks, local networks do. Uh, so they were forced to start buying shows, and that's where syndication comes from. And the Muppet Show was that perfect age range for you know like the kids are right before you know uh, right after dinner or before dinner, and right before the uh, you know the primetime shows start for for mom and dad. Um, so, uh, yeah, it just kind of exploded. I mean, it was just the perfect timing, like exploded because of that. And then it ended up in, what was it, like 120 countries or something? Yeah, there's some difference of opinion of like how many, there, there are different statistics of how many countries it ended it's, up it's in, about, but it was a lot. I think actually the, the syndication record was not broken until Baywatch came along uh, <laughs> a couple of decades later. It's hard to imagine just the Muppets being on and just being like, have you seen this thing? Do you know what they're yeah. doing on TV? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just hard to imagine it as a new thing and, like, what was going on. Was it a hit? It wasn't a hit out of the gate. Because even if you look at the, even as the casual Muppet fan on my DVDs, like, if you watch, like, the guests get bigger after yes. a certain point. You yeah, know, like, part I, of the story. I still know who most of the people in the back half of the show are. 30, 40 years later, however right. the show is. Right. Part of the story is that in the first season, they could not get guest stars. They had to call in favors, like Jim Henson and his agent had to call celebrities that they knew. But then once the first season had aired and they kind of got the hang of it and everybody was watching the show and loving it, celebrities were calling them and requesting to be on the show. What do you guys think about Muppet Babies? How does Muppet Babies fit into the uh, au revoir for you? I, I used to really <laughs> resent it because even, like, I guess... So I was born during the last season of The Muppet Show, and I guess that they what kind of... What was that? Uh, 80 to 81. I okay, was I was born in 82, so I, was oh, born, okay. I, I did not exist when The Muppet Show was on. Yeah, so I guess they, they were kind of not as much in the public eye in, in the pure <laughs> Muppet puppet form mm-hmm. uh, when I was growing up. So like I would mention that I liked Muppets, and my friends would be like, oh yeah, Muppet Babies, I love that cartoon. And I would just shake my fist and go, no, it's not just Muppet Babies, it's mm-hmm. The Muppet Show. <laughs> but I guess... I guess it was pretty good. I, don't, I really haven't sat down and watched it in a while. It was I mean, always it's, one it's thing different. for me. Even as a kid, I feel like I was I was always aware that like there was the cartoon and there were the puppets. I think the right. VHS was very well worn in sure. my house. You know, yeah. uh, it, it is different. But I I have watched it like a little bit more recently, and it's pretty good for like a kids' cartoon. Well, like if you was... watch most kids' cartoons, they're um, just absolutely dreadful and like basically unwatchable. Um, but this was like you know pretty. It was pretty good, and it was on for about eight years. Really? So I guess it must have been pretty good, better than the average Saturday morning show. It was definitely a big thing for me. Like I saw, I, I was very into the Muppet Babies growing up. I remember going to Muppet Baby Ice Capades, just the whole <laughs> oh, thing. Wow. It was like my thing. Wow. You know, that was like the thing I was the most into. As a who kid. was your favorite Muppet Baby? Oh, Fozzie, definitely. Oh. I mean, he had those drop bottom pajamas. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So what else is on uh, your you know? 
you're introducing the Muppets to someone who's not familiar with it less. Well, Fraggle Rock. We didn't talk about Fraggle oh, yeah. Rock at all. Well, is Fraggle Rock? You know, I don't know much. I like I know the characters, I know sure. the premise, but like I can't recall much specifically about Fraggle Rock. What's going on there? I know there's the a character named Boober. Yeah, that's yes. true. Uh, there's a Wembley and a Moki. What else Red, do I need to know about Gobo? Gobo. And there's a guy named Doc and his dog's Prockett. Oh yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, so basically, the the great thing about Fraggle Rock is that it's this great Jim Henson production that exists within its own self-contained yeah. world. Like it's not like a theater in the real world. They're not running around with real human beings. Uh, you know, it's Jim Henson created this whole society and different species that are teaching these lessons that you know Jim famously said he wanted to create a TV show to bring peace to the world. And that you know, was Fraggle Rock. That was yeah. Fraggle Rock. Huh. And when you watch what kind it of now, lessons are on Fraggle Rock. Well, it's a lot about unity and and understanding uh, different. Well, for them it's species, but for us it would be people uh, that seem to like on, on the outside have a lot of differences, but we're really all the same. We're really in, interconnected. So how does that it's surprisingly deep? So how does yeah. that manifest? Like, what's a what's a particularly rich plot on Fraggle? One Rock? of my favorite episodes, and I'm drawing a blank. Oh, it's called Manny's Land of Carpet, okay. <laughs> where the Fraggles find a radio and they hear a commercial for a carpet store. And it's one of these like, come on down to Manny's land of carpets. We're having a great sale. You can get anything you want. So the Fraggles think that it's like this, this creature that's talking to them, that's that's promising them anything they want. So they're deciding to leave Fraggle Rock and go to Manny's land of carpets. But then another commercial comes on and it's for Bubba's burger barn. And it's also like, you can get all you can eat, get anything you want at Bubba's burger barn. So then they split into two factions Half the Fraggles want to leave the rock and go to Manny's Land of Carpets. Half of them want to go to Bubba's Burger Barn. And basically, I'm pretty sure the episode is actually about religion. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It absolutely it's, is. It's really... Yeah. And th- this is a kid's show with puppets, but it's mm-hmm. about how religion tears people apart. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I got to go back. What's up with the... Uh... You know, I remember the characters, but I can't really remember how they fit into the show. The, uh, you know, the the larger, like yeah, the, the trash. The, the gorgs. The gorgs. What's up with the gorgs? They're very large. They are very large. There's they, a trash well, heap too. There's a talk. There's yeah, a trash, the trash heap. heap is like their oracle. The trash heap uh, grants the the fraggles wisdom. Well, gotcha. the thing that I love most about the the gorgs is the fact that they they claim to be like the king and the queen of the universe, and yet they're the only three. As far gorgs. as we know, they're the only three gorgs left. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of sad. How do they? <laughs> yeah. Are they like the bad guys? Are they trying to eat the fraggles? Sometimes, yeah, they're trying to catch the fraggles or destroy them in some sort because because they see the fraggles as pests. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing where like throughout the series they find that you know maybe they're not so bad maybe we can yeah, all fra- be friends the, together the gorgs become a little less villainous as the series goes on that's true one last fraggle 101 question what's up with the doozers how do they fit in uh, uh the doozers uh let's see the doozers use the radishes from the gorgs garden mm-hmm. to build doozer constructions which they do all over fraggle rock which because, is cool which is cool yeah they just they have to build they can't they, they live to build as much yeah. as the fraggles love to sing and play the doozers love to build oh, that's convenient for the fraggles huh yes and then the fraggles eat the doozers uh constructions which is actually good for the doozers because if the fraggles didn't eat them then they would run out of room to build huh so it's a very symbiotic, like, everybody depends on everybody else. It says something about the show that, like, I can't remember what it's about, really, but I remember all those characters and, like, the trash heap image. Like, I'm like, I'm not even sure it's real, but I still, like, remember yeah. it and yeah. I associate it with Fraggle Rock. All right, what else? People don't know. So that show, I think we, we covered that one. What else do people, if they're not familiar with Muppets and Henson World, what else do they need to say? Uh, well, how about some of like the experimental stuff that Jim did, yeah, like in his oh. early. If you really want to get into, like, yeah, the deep stuff that dive he used to Jim do Henson. on uh, like the Ed Sullivan show and Johnny Carson show. Um, so it's there, like 
I'm, I, you know, I'm vaguely aware that there's this history. How long you said sixty year history of the Muppets? Yeah, so Kermit the Frog actually. Yeah, let's talk about will, that. What's like pre Muppet Show Muppet life well, like? Kermit, Sesame Street. I just want to say Kermit is is turning sixty next this month. Year. Yeah, yeah, in May. So that's kind where, of our. Where was it at first? Like on just talk so, shows. At, well, the very at the very beginning, Jim. So Jim didn't set out to become a puppeteer. He wanted to work in television. And he heard that the local TV station was hiring puppeteers. So he went to the library, he got a couple of books on puppets, and he taught himself how to be a puppeteer. And that's how he got into the whole game. So early on, that after that very, very short-lived show, I think it was... Do you remember the weeks, name of that show? The Junior Morning Show. Yes. And you got it. He, uh, he had his own TV show on his local Washington, D.C. station called Sam and Friends. And Sam and Friends was like a black and white, five minute, literally five-minute show. It would air like between the news and the late-night talk shows. Right. Uh, that's where Kermit was originally from, and Kermit at the time was, uh, this is like, you may have heard the story of Jim created, uh, built Kermit out of his mother's green jacket and a couple oh, ping pong balls. cool. So, um, uh, Kermit, you know, he was not yet a frog, he didn't have the collar, he didn't have webbed mm. feet, he was just, you know, one of many uh, kind of almost generic looking characters. That kind they of abstract. Could, right. Yeah. Like they could just throw a costume on or throw a wig onto him to make a, make him a female character. And they would lip sync to a lot of records. Um, and uh, what else would they do? Like, uh, you know, Jim got into like short animations as well. Yeah. Well, he was already experimenting with things like, uh, like writing on the screen and using mm-hmm. subtitles in funny ways and like, like chopping up audio. There's one where Kermit interviews, two other uh, puppets and uses the actual audio taken from like the previous the previous night's newscast so it's like he's interviewing Shut no, Huntley it's, and... it's not just the newscast it's just the intro it's just them saying Shut Huntley NBC News New York right so he, they just use that audio over and over again and cut it up in different ways yeah uh, and it's actually incredibly clever and funny. Yeah, and like it still pretty advanced for like almost 60 years later whatever it's yeah. hysterical so can you see that like what what should people give me something actionable? Like, what can I go watch to get a sense of what that a was? A lot like? of the stuff is on YouTube. Yeah, uh, the Henson Company YouTube channel is actually really good about posting early stuff, um, including a lot of the commercials that Jim Henson did to pay the bills. Pretty much throughout uh, the late fifties and sixties, he did commercials for dozens and dozens of companies and products. It's actually, one of the interesting things about his commercials back then were he like, uh, for example, there was a company called Wilkins Coffee that he did commercials for. Uh, does Wilkins still exist? Do you know? Do we ever look that up? I think it does regionally in the Washington, D.C. area still. Well, we should, yeah. I want to buy some. Just, yes, definitely. Yeah, for funsies. But uh, so they hired him to do these, uh, they, they were what, 10-second commercials? Like, I, I want to say eight seconds. Eight seconds? Oh, it was, it was eight seconds, then the other two seconds were for the still. The station of, ID. Yeah, yeah like, like just This showing. is NBC. Right. So, uh, uh, I mean, we don't have 10-second commercials anymore. That sounds insane. But the, but the Muppets were perfect for that because they could have two characters, for example. The ones he used for these uh, commercials were Wilkins and Wonkins. And Wilkins would, you know, point a cannon at Wonkins and say, have you tried Wilkins coffee? And, no, I don't like it. And then he would blow him away with the cannon then point the cannon at the, at the camera and say, now how about you? Have you tried Wilkins coffee? And then that's, you know. That's the whole commercial. It's pretty great to get that on TV and <laughs> yeah. whatever year that was. And the amazing thing is he did hundreds of them. I, I mean, think it it's, seems yeah, like it's it. over like over 150. Yeah, vines, basically for, vines. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Jim Someone Henson was, created the vine. Yeah, the, the Henson Company archive has mentioned that recently. That hmm. he like Jim Henson was doing vines in in the 50s. Was there some technical innovation that Henson brought to the actual puppeteering? And obviously oh, yeah. created all these wonderful characters. But like, what is it that made his puppets? What makes him like? Easily the number one most famous puppeteer of all time. Oh, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, he's sort of credited with taking 
television puppets out of like the puppet box where if you see um something like kukla fran and ollie it was they had a a punch and judy type it was like the camera was pointed at a puppet stage that was set up on the Mm -hmm. in the studio but he realized that if you position the camera in the right place and just you know stuck the puppet up i'm I'm gesturing as if people can see but (laughs) then the the camera and the television frame basically becomes the puppet stage so it gives the puppets a lot more freedom to move around. I mean, he, yes, he did a lot of stuff like that, that, including, I mean, like those early days, you know, figuring out, you know, that the puppeteer shouldn't be looking up at the puppet that that's performing in front of a camera, should be looking down at a monitor that sees mm-hmm. what the camera sees. Which um, they still do now. Yes. For all the Muppet stuff. Uh and, you know, you ask why Jim is known as one of the best puppeteers ever. I think that has more to do with character and writing than mm-hmm. anything. But as the years went on and Jim just wanted to do more and he wanted to, um, you know, he surrounded himself with people who were just technologically. I mean, these people were geniuses. Uh, you know, they invented new systems and new types of puppetry and um, things. I, I mean, it's like, for example, let's let's talk about the Gorgs for a second. Mm-hmm. So the Gorg, a Gorg is, cre- is let's talk about the Gorgs. Let's, let's talk, talk about, the Gorgs. about the Gorgs. It's my favorite salt and pepper song. <laughs> uh, so a Gorg is is uh, performed by three performers. Uh, did I get that right? No, there's two performers. It's two. Whoops. Yeah. I don't know where I got where that from. I, I don't know. I was trying to think in my head. Who Who's the this? third? Yeah. Oh, sorry, there's two performers. And so there's one person in the Gorg suit. There's one person off to the side who's performing the voice, and he's got a glove that's radio controlling the mouth and the eyes. And uh, the person who's inside the suit uh, has a, uh, a two monitors right in front of their eyes, and the two uh, pupils of the Gorg puppet are actually cameras. So the person who's inside the puppet sees whatever the Gorg is seeing. Is just it actually a- two cameras, or is it? Just one. Well, maybe it's one. one of the eyes. I'm not sure about that. Okay, well, it, there is way. a camera or two Either cameras. Either way, it's ingenious. Correct. So the so the puppeteer sees everything the Gorg is seeing, and from, you know, a good foot and a half taller than this pup, uh, performer is. Gorg eye level. While another performer is wirelessly controlling basically everything above the neck for, for this puppet. And none of that existed before Jim Henson or before, mm-hmm. uh, who was that, Foz Fazakas? Did yeah, he invent yeah. that? The puppet builder. Yeah. Um, and still, like, from, you know, from what I can tell, like, the Jim Henson company still, you know, innovates a lot of uh, new puppetry techniques for yeah, their well, projects. Yeah, well, there's the, the TV show Sid the Science Kid on PBS right now. It's it's one of their current projects. And it looks like a cartoon, but those characters are all, like, motion capture with like the puppeteers are acting out everything that you see the characters hmm. do on screen. Yeah, how do you think and obviously who knows but um the with all the CG, you know, like is that does that work against the muppeteering or does it enhance it? Yeah, well, oh so both. Both. So the one thing that we have to keep reminding ourselves is that Jim loved to this like new technology and innovation so much whatever technology we have now he would have absolutely embraced mm-hmm, mm-hmm. jim would be just doing something with cg that we can't even fathom I'm, Oculus. I'm sure of that yeah well uh, he invented a, a computer animated muppet in 1989 for the uh which, for the disney park ride yes. yeah well it's actually created for a, a tv series a couple of years earlier but yeah it's the, the waldo the spirit of 3d that you see I in think the, shut that down at the outlet they, when I went to LA, LA, they did. yeah are they both shut down now no uh the one in florida is still up for okay. now i was yeah devastated. i gotta get myself to Disney World. It was. I, I was like, "What's going on?" And they were like, "I think something with Frozen." I was like, "Yep, God damn it. Uh, yep." I mean, yep. I, I don't even think Frozen's bad, but the, come on, Muppets, yeah, it hurts. You at least but the Muppet it, right? thing is pretty dated because in my mind, like a lot of it's like 
We use computers to do animation in 3D. Yeah, there's a few moments where it's just like, look, there's something coming at your face. It's like, yeah, there's 12 other rides within a few feet. But it's still, you're in a theater and you got Stellar and Waldorf in the box and Sweden's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much more than just the 3D. Yeah, but like the the, the video itself is about, now you're not going to believe this, but we use computers to do animation. Sure. I I wish they would just update that. Well, that's what they might be doing. That's the rumor. Okay, okay. uh, But uh, we were talking about, oh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, Waldo computer oh, animation. With Jim of, of whatever. Yeah. So um, the one place where like all the CGI nowadays really kind of like stings for for the Muppets is so I don't know if you've seen Muppets Most Wanted the movie that came out last I year. I haven't. I was going to get to that. You should, should. absolutely see it. Okay. Okay. You should okay. see it. It's really good. really good. But there's a lot of scenes in there. <laughs> you guys where, might be a little biased. <laughs> no, we're we're not. It's genuinely a good movie. <laughs> no, it is. I hope it's everyone not. listening to this goes out and says because the other I thing like maybe you guys are a little biased but, about it. The Muppet uh, movie. That we just don't came like out everything. That's true. That's true. Okay. If it was not wait, good, wait. we would be telling you it was not good. Okay. Well, we're, ta- we're talking about so okay so there's a couple technology. of scenes in the movie yeah. right so like uh, for example Constantine the new character in the movie is doing like flips and you know kicking people in the head and like you just see the and puppet then he flying around later. right yeah exactly and because we've seen we feel like we've seen this before in all these other CGI movies we assume he's CGI but he's not mm-hmm, the puppeteer is mm-hmm. actually there and he's you know covered in you know green it's like fabric four puppeteers right exactly mm-hmm. and you know we we did a live commentary with him because there's no commentary on the dvd unfortunately and he was explained to us the like okay so of constantine i'm sorry with the puppeteer of yes with the puppeteer of constantine yeah. and he's uh you know he's explaining to us like okay so picture me kneeling down behind uh ricky gervais right now because that's where i am like i'm just covered in you know green and they digitally edited me out and, mm-hmm. and it just looks I mean, if you knew all that, I think people would be amazed, and they would fi- they would think it, this is so much better than yeah. you know than, well, than if just they like just thought eh, it was they use computers. computers. No big deal. Yeah. So that's interesting because uh, it's just it's, even though they're not using computers, just the existence of it is working against them. Yes. Yeah. So. Let's talk about those new Muppet movies for a sec. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan. Oh, I only saw it once. What did you guys think of the one, the, the Jason Segel one? 2011. Not a huge fan the of The Muppets, which, by the way, is hard to talk about because it's called The, the Muppets. Muppets. Do you guys, I mean, I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even, like, particularly dislike it. I just remember, like, not... I mean, I for me, that movie, and we talked about it, I think, on this podcast, like, when it came out. I think it's the one um, with Francesco, the comic strip artist, if you guys hmm. want to go back. Uh, the guy, And so... Um, I think we talked about when it came out, and my problem with the movie was like a lot. I felt a, like a lot of it leaned on Muppet nostalgia instead yes. of instead of being like just making something new and awesome and being like, "Here's why the Muppets are awesome." It was like, "Remember how the Muppets are awesome?" Yeah. Which I do, but like it didn't have enough. Uh, it, it traded a little heavily on that, I, I, as I recall. What did you guys think of that movie? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, same. I, I mean, I love the movie. Um, but uh, last year, do you guys not I, like any of the Muppet movies? Oh yes, Muppets <laughs> Treasure Island is, I think, terrible. Okay, Muppets really? from Space is Muppets from Space oh, is the one that I would say. I would rather watch Muppets from Space. I than do Muppets not Island. watch Muppets from Muppet Space. Treasure Island is terrible. Oh really? I didn't yes. know we disagreed that much about that. We did. We talked about this last know. time. You and I, I watched forget. it together. I Ryan. We know so many other Muppet fans. <laughs> I can't keep track of who likes this one and who that's, likes that one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so the, the I last. Uh, about a year ago, I watched uh, The Muppets, followed immediately by Muppets Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. This is just before the, the movie came out. And I didn't realize until I saw them both back to back that The Muppets is a really sad movie. The whole thing. The Kermit whole spends movie, most of the movie being sad. The whole movie is about everyone is sad and we need to not be sad anymore. Can we try to figure out? How, no, we're going to have another hour yeah. and a half of this. Okay, well, oh, and now mm. we're happy again. 
actually, it kind of isn't a happy ending. Like, everyone's still kind of sad at the end. Yeah, because they still, yeah, they didn't get right. the money. And the new Muppet, the what's his name? Francis, maybe? Walter. P- Walter, whatever. Walter. <laughs> he, he's, he's sad, too. Like, he's like, he, has, little, like, yeah. he has an yeah. existential crisis, like, related yes, to, like, but his he's existence. Actually, oh, yeah, that's true. But I was going to say, he might be the least sad character in the well, movie he's because optimistic. he's so excited to be around the Muppets. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, that's true. But I, I liked that. I mean, I still like that movie, but I liked yeah, it I less it. in retrospect after the new one what made came the new out one last so good? year. It's just fun. It's just fun. Like it's like they found a fun story. It. It's well written. The actors are having a lot of fun. The char- like the Muppet characters get a lot of fun stuff to do. Lot, I mean, in the, in the earlier Muppet movie from 2011, I feel like a lot of the main characters kind of had to take a like yeah. a step back to make room for Walter and Jason, Jason Siegel. Siegel. Mm-hmm. Like it really was a Jason Siegel movie with the Muppets playing second Which fiddle. Which we owe him a debt yes. because he was the one who got that movie. It's made, totally right? fine. He, he and co-wrote the script. You know what? Muppet Christmas Carol did the same thing. It's a Michael Caine movie with Muppets in the background. Yeah, that's true. Um, but and it works. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just different. Um, but yeah, Muppets Most Wanted. And like the music, I think, is really, really great. I love every single song on it. I'll check it out. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'll check it out. I'm open to the idea. Do you guys have any favorite like deep cut Muppets? You know, obviously we all like Kermit. We all like Miss Piggy and Fozzie. But who are your favorite like, you know, maybe B-level Muppets? Some Guy Smiley's. Some, uh, sure. Oh, well, I do love Guy Smiley. It's, uh, so Ryan Lou did, with the flying boomerang. I was just thinking New Zealand actually. Um, would definitely do you want to talk about list. your favorite Muppet of the Day project? <clears throat> um, yeah, this was an article series I did a few years ago now, but it it came from like when people would ask us who's your favorite Muppet, and it's there's so many great characters. I mean, it's it's choosing your of, favorite child when you yeah. have twenty six hundred child uh, <laughs> exactly. children. How how can you choose just one favorite Muppet? So I did this article series called My Favorite Muppet of the Day, where the concept was basically. Every day, my favorite Muppet changes. Mm-hmm. So, ask me today; I'll have a different answer than how many tomorrow. of those did you do? I think I only did. You, a, did, you did a week's worth, so, week, so it's yeah. five. Um, yeah, I remember but like Floyd was on your list. Was which Floyd is was great. Like, yeah, it's a great. What's, 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 what's Floyd's deal? Why, why, why does Floyd make the list? He's cool. Oh, like, Floyd is just the coolest dude. Yeah, you know, it's there, the uh, you've seen that uh, list of. Um, uh, uh, writing tips from a Pixar writer that yes. made the round, makes rounds on the internet. Yeah, well. yeah. So uh, one of them is like never say that like, your character is cool. Like that's that's not a descriptive term, mm-hmm. but it totally works for it Floyd. Does work. Like Floyd, like and all he is is cool. Especially on the Muppet Show, he you can actively tell that he's like too cool to be there. Like it's it's a little bit beneath him to be <laughs> yeah, to be on this on Floyd is variety the, he's show. In, the elect- in, in Electric Mayhem. Yeah, right. he's, Pink, Pink Floyd is that the joke yeah, there? Well, yeah, his, his name of, is also and, Sergeant Floyd Pepper, so he's uh, a Pink okay. Floyd who's also Sergeant Pepper. Right. Okay, okay. Uh, who else? Who else makes makes your list? Uh, well, Sam the Eagle, who had a, a, a great uh, spotlight in the most recent movie. Yeah, um, I love Sweetums, the the big ogre. The um, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good choice. Why, yeah. So, what makes these like characters stand out? Like, what makes your favorites your favorites? Uh, yeah, they're, it's just when they get to do fun things and get to have great spotlights. Cause the thing is, but once you get beyond like the Kermit Fozzie piggy, uh, type characters, most of these characters have like, you know, one or two like main characteristics. Like crazy Harry. Right. He just blows things up. Right. And that's it. Uh, and you know, like we kind of like, because there's so many characters, you kind of have to keep them in that. They can't become three dimensional characters. We don't want to know why crazy Harry. Oh no, that would be terrible. It's like a prequel. Like he's tragic. I, I yeah. wanna, if anyone at awful. Disney is listening right now, please never explain <laughs> crazy Harry's origin. Uh, but I mean, that, there's something lovable about that because like all they get, all they have to do is be funny. All they, all he has to do is make things explode. Yeah. And, and he shows up and, and does his thing and you laugh. Hysterical. Yeah. yeah. 
What else makes that list of Muppet things like you would show to people who just aren't familiar with the Muppets? Does that happen? Do you ever meet people who are like, what are the Muppets? Uh, I, I don't meet people who don't know, who've never heard of the Muppets, but I definitely meet people who are like, eh, no, I was never a big Muppet fan. And mm-hmm. then I go, okay, we got homework to do. <laughs> what, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of some like older, uh, like that obscure that is surprising stuff. to me. I feel like everyone, like all ages, it's like one of the most universally agreed upon good things. You would yes. think so. Which is one of the things well, that like, we, we've often talked about why the Muppets, not only why are the Muppets still around, but like why do, not just people like Ryan and myself, but like why do people um, still hold them in such high regard? Yeah, why is that? Uh, I think a big reason is uh, because they're timeless, uh, because they were funny when we were kids and they're funny when we are adults. Yeah, you remember them fondly different... from your childhood. When you go back, they're still funny. Right, yeah, and well, possibly for two different level. reasons. That's multiple levels thing, yeah. Exactly. Um, and I don't know, they're just so recognizable. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, when like the new Smurfs movie came out, people weren't going like, oh my God, there's a Smurf on a billboard. I gotta go see this thing. But you see Kermit on a billboard and like there's something really exciting about that. And maybe you do have to go see that, that, that new movie or whatever it is. I yeah. mean, not a, lot of, not a lot of people said that about Muppets <laughs> Not wanted, enough people. But, you know, there was at least more than like the Marmaduke movie. Yes. So why do you think that happened? Because Muppets Most Wanted didn't perform as well at the box office as the Muppets did, right? It performed yeah. beneath expectations, let's just say. Yes, and that's accurate. So, yeah. like, why did that happen? What happened between those two movies? Or was it just that the second one didn't have Jason Segel? Or what's going on there? I don't know. We've speculated a lot if it was yeah. like, the time of year that it opened sure, or it, it opened just anything. like the week yeah. after, a couple weeks after Mr. Peabody. Some people said maybe. I feel like uh, a big families. reason was there was no urgency. Uh, with the first Muppet movie, uh, I'm sorry, the 2011 Muppet movie, they, it was the Muppets are back. You have mm-hmm. to go see because the Muppets are yeah, back. Yeah, you yeah. haven't seen them in years. Uh, with this one, it was just another story. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's, well, I just saw the Muppets three years ago. It's no big deal. Uh I also had a, a lot of beef with like, you know, the posters, for example, all used photography that they, they took years ago. It had nothing to do with the movie. It had right. nothing to do with, you know, they, they, we didn't give anyone a reason to, you know, go see like this crazy new story about a, about this heist or, you know, to see Ricky Gervais doing something funny other than just like looking into the camera and smiling. And for whatever reason, people really didn't understand that the thing of Kermit has an evil twin because I, a coworker actually just asked me this week, why did I see Kermit talking on TV with a Russian accent? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if it's more like the movie itself was. I think it's more the movie was itself was not promoted while the Muppets were promoted, right? And and the Muppets yeah. were promoted. Oh, they I were mean, everywhere. I don't think it, like. I never thought this day would come, but I am no longer that excited when the Muppets show up in an internet video. It's like, you know, they do it so much. They do, and like, it's because everyone loves them, everyone wants to work with them, but like, they, I mean, do you guys see that? Like, it, it seems like they're, I guess it's it's cool how the internet has like opened up this like new forum for them to uh, appear in things, but like, yeah. I don't know, do, do you, are they doing more and more? I think so. You guys well, probably are, know better than anyone. You're well, tracking their. Uh... They're definitely keeping busy. They feel like there was a bit of a lull after the most recent movie, just because um, from what we heard, they changed uh, hands within the Disney right, hierarchy. Right. But um, one thing that, that to keep in mind about the Muppets uh, is that because they're actual physical puppets, physical characters, and not like an animation that needs you know days, weeks, months, I don't know how long to to render. Um, they can just grab a puppet, grab a celebrity, yeah. write a quick song, whatever it takes, and just get it up there they and can get go it on a talk YouTube. Show. 
Yeah, they exactly. Kind of, they appeared at a, a an NBA game recently. What? Yeah, which uh, team was that? They, LA Clippers, I think. They, yeah, they went to a Clippers game recently. Yeah. Just well, to, you you saw Sweetums throw out a pitch at a Brooklyn Cyclones game. I actually didn't see that. I just missed that oh, because I was right. stuck on the subway. Oh, sorry. That was, that was at a sore spot for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. What do you guys uh, when you talk to the people who perform the Muppets? What What do you first of all are they like a is there a type of person who performs the Muppets? Is it a diverse group? What, what are they like? Oh, they're all assholes. That's not true. It's hard to imagine anyone who is performing as a Muppet. Anyone who's like devoted their life to puppetry yes. is an asshole. That seems they're all well, like, get out of my face, kid. I'm a Muppet. <laughs> the, the cool thing about the Muppeteers is that because they're all below the screen uh, and you don't see their face at all, there are these amazing, hilarious, talented performers, but there's no ego at all. Like, they're not in it to become famous. If they were, they would not be puppeteers. They would be actors or whatever. Um, and that lack of ego makes them, like, just the nicest people in Hollywood. We've never met one who wasn't super nice. That's true. The other cool thing is that because uh, for, there's only a few people left from that original Muppeteer generation, um, almost all the performers started as Muppet fans. So, like, they're just excited to be here they're I mean, carrying on the legacy and they want to yeah yeah they're ex- as excited about it as we are what do you guys ask them like what do you want what do you want to know when you talk to one of them can we hang out can we be, be best friends <laughs> that's what i want to know yeah they've all said no so far so far <laughs> um yeah we just ask them about their their careers how they how they got into the muppets yeah and... how do i mean how, it seems like it's Muppet or bust if you're going to be a puppeteer, right? I, that's the weird thing about being a puppeteer is like, really, there's only a couple of places yeah. to go so if you're going to try to get to the top of, of the mountain. To, I guess. So how yeah. do they get into it? Uh, most of them, uh, really, just like at a very young age, they started building their own puppets or performing, you know, like in their backyards or whatever, and um, kind of. I think every one of them had to make that choice probably around college of like, am I pursuing this as a career? Is this not just a hobby? I think it is. Yeah. It's yeah. like when you, uh, I guess it's like joining, uh, like a really good, uh, division one football team. You know, you're like, <laughs> all right, this is it. I'm going for this. Like yeah. it's, it, we're going, we're, we're good. We're trying to go pro here. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And do you talk, have you seen the Muppets performed live? Oh, sure. Like yeah. Yeah. Where, where, under what context? Uh, well, we've been on the Sesame Street set a few times. Oh my um, God, that's incredible! It was, what is it that was like? awesome. Tell me about that. Uh, well, actually, I'll, I should back up and say the first time that we ever saw Muppets perform, Ryan and I got to go to the set of this uh, not so great Muppet TV special called Letters to Santa, uh, which was a Christmas special. That so you guys just friends with the here. Muppet industry at this point? They... It's really like well, there's so few Muppet fan sites out there. There's <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, two yeah. and a half. I'd you say. Get I mean, noticed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, really, we're like we are their audience. I mean, yeah, that's a very small circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only a few people who do. So they what we invite do. you. So this one was um, I had actually just shown up at. I found out they were filming outside in Brooklyn Heights. And so I just went and I just stood outside and watched them film for a while. And then I got the courage to, I mean, this was how many years ago? This is like eight years ago. Yeah. Um, and I just got the courage to like go up to Steve Whitmire who performs Kermit the Frog and just be like, Hey, I'm sorry. I just want to say hello. I'm, I'm Joe. I run tough pigs. And I just kind of expected him to be like, Oh, Oh, that's interesting. And he was like, tough pigs. That's awesome. I love your site. And oh, he's wow. like, well, come with me. And he brought me backstage. And they don't always puppeteers. know who we are, but a lot of them, most of them do of them at, at least point. have heard of the website. That's yeah. true. Uh, and, uh, and they, because of, of that, they invited Ryan and I to go, uh, visit the sets while they were filming indoors. And, uh, we got to, to interview Steve Whitmire that day. We got to just see, sit and watch them film for an entire day which was i mean just amazing what what surprised you about that what, what did you see that um, you didn't expect to see it was interesting one thing they they did that i think one of the writers actually 
like said as an aside to us sometimes you write something not realizing how hard it will be for the muppets to do Mm -hmm. because they like they can't use their hands for Mm -hmm. example there was this gag in that special where they were going through airport security and rizzo tells pepe that he has to put his electronic devices in a bin pepe has four arms so he had an electronic device in each arm so he says blackberry blueberry and he's so with each arm he's putting them so they had to have i guess was it three puppeteers uh at least it may have been one puppeteer per per arm and And then then, bill beretta doing pepe's head and then like one would fall out of his hand and they'd have to start over again and Mm -hmm. it just took many many takes to do one simple gag that probably was on screen for like six seconds yeah it's cool that's cool what about sesame street what was being there like sesame street's amazing i mean like that's where i learned how to read totally yeah (laughs) i literally learned how to read yeah exactly right Yeah. yeah That that one was more emotional for me than anything, just because you know, like we walk on the set for the first time. I remember and being like, "Oh my god, it's the stoop! Oh my god, it's Oscar's can!" Yeah, and like they let us go inside the can. <laughs> and I remember when we were leaving later on in the day, we were walking through a room that had uh, Bert and Ernie's beds, yeah. and we were like, "Nobody's around." Oh my! And god. like we had someone take a picture of me and Ryan both like inside Poking the beds. No way! I mean, that's amazing. That's just a- insane, man. It's just it's insane. Also, the the kind of amazing thing that I found is we've been there a couple times so you see it with like the you see the end of the street and it's the studio floor and you see the lights overhead and everything but then when i turn on the tv show and watch it i still see sesame street right i'm not thinking about the lights just outside the frame right it's still the same place when you see the characters perform live is the illusion real like do you see the person performing it at all are you locking eyes with the character for the most part i think i only see the character uh because some of the performers like they just like they just all of their energy is going through their hands at that point um, Leslie Carraro, who plays Abby Cadabby, is is one of those people who like, like she'll see someone like hanging out on the side of this of uh, you know, off offset, and she'll like like grab Abby, put the puppet on, and be like, "Hi, how you doing?" Like just in your face, and like you don't see Leslie at all. I mean, it's all Abby. It um, is kind of interesting and fun to to watch them though, just to like kind of look at the puppet, look at the puppeteer, look yeah. at the puppet. Although then at a certain point. You look at the puppeteer, and it's kind of like, oh, why is that lady talking in Abby Cadabby's voice? Right. Like, yeah. Why is she lip syncing everything that Abby Cadabby is saying? I think the only times I can that I can think of that, uh, like, you look at the puppet, uh, and they're not just one hundred percent like there is when it's a puppet that probably takes a lot more energy to to perform. Mm. Uh, recently, I, I got to see Matt Vogel playing Big Bird, who is the understudy for Carol Spinney, and um, just because Big Bird's a very large puppet and he's mm-hmm. heavy and uh, we were also in a rush yeah, doing the thing we were doing. It works. I mean, I, I think I've seen that diagram online. Yeah, like, like you got one hand up in the air, right? That's right. For the beak, and then one, and then the other hand is going through the right hand. Or I'm, I'm using the wing. Right hand for, yeah. for one wing. Yeah. The the other wing is uh, empty, but there's a string that can like it goes up through the neck and then down to the other wing. So, so when can, one like, goes yeah. up, the other one goes Which down. Which you really don't notice on on the show unless you're looking for it it's true they do a really good job of hiding that making that invisible but yeah like the like sometimes the puppeteers are just like i need to get this thing that's on camera and i'm not going to keep the puppet up Mm. just you know for you know waiting for the next take like it's you know yeah your hands in the air i I just demonstrate that even though no one can see you holding my hand there it's hard i'm tired i'm tired yeah now do that for three hours yeah Yeah. although it was weird last time giant bird suit last time ryan and i were on set together we saw snuffy which was also walked right past us walked right past us but the weird thing was i don't know if you really remember this they uh you know there's a second puppeteer obviously for the for the hind legs and um they're like the seam was open 
so that he could get some air, I guess, before mm, they started they filming. Shooting it. So it was just like snuffy, like completely like gutted open <laughs> with a human being inside, like as if he like, like swallowed somebody. Yes, exactly. Awesome. That was a little that was a little uh, discomforting, I think. Mm. I thought you were just going to comment on how well synchronized they were. They were. Because those guys have been doing it for so long. It's like snuffy moves like one one creature with just four legs yes yeah. how does a uh, follow that bird hold up because that oh, was man. A, when i was a kid my mom will still bring up that i cried a lot when big bird was painted it's blue. sad oh, very yeah. devastating for I me as a child love that movie i love follow that bird what i love is, it with you, some you're, you're hesitant really? no i love it with some i, I, I can just see the, the flaws in it more than i could obviously when i was like five years old <laughs> yeah but i don't like, i can't even pay, think of a flaw what are the flaws well, isn't it weird that they made i mean what's the deal with that movie because it's it is strange to take um Sesame Street who like we were saying the Muppets weren't designed to teach numbers you're taking those Sesame Street characters who were and putting them into a narrative movie which is more what the, the Muppets were designed right, to right. writers probably like it when they get to do that stuff right they definitely got to branch out because they're not teaching letters and numbers now they're te- they're doing a whole is you know 70 minute story and follow that bird well it's no, more of like really. uh, you know messages friendship. about family sure, and friendship sure, sure. and responsibility and things like that and that it's okay to jump from a moving truck if a grown-up gives you permission that's right that's important yes um <laughs> But uh, then you know they had a second movie in the '90s called Elmo and Grouchland, oh, which yeah. is a, it was not as good. much younger. Yeah, it's a much well, cheaper Elmo, looking movie. I never saw that because I was, you know, it's not worth your time. But it, it seemed like that one seemed more like. What's cool about Follow That Bird is it's like big birds run amok on Earth. You know, like big yes. birds like on a cross country voyage. That one's a little more in Muppet world, isn't it? Yes. It, well, it's well, in Grouchland. Grouch yeah, yeah, yeah. Grouch but it, it still makes Follow That Bird stand out as a little more unique. It's, so Grouchland's like not educational. It's just like Elmo's Adventure. No, there's there's something educational about it. It's whatever it is. is it, like yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, well, it's like I guess like learning to be brave. Is well, there's definitely. The... I, it's been so long since I've seen the movie, but there's definitely moments when like the action stops and Elmo's like, "Well, we got to figure out how to do this," and like it's just like you got to uh, some sort of logic or whatever that the kids are thinking encouraged to like yeah. shout at the screen maybe like a door to the explorer thing Boy, which is exactly not... what you want to hear in a movie theater yeah right <laughs> like elmo if elmo's not actively teaching me something my tolerance for elmo drops a lot like i feel like no. elmo gets away with a lot because he's educational no see know? now i think it's the opposite i think elmo <laughs> is the most uh entertaining when he's just like allowed to yeah. go nuts elmo like, on talk shows is, is usually it's the hilarious. best it's yeah. hysterical now when he's when he has to like teach you know the letter d like maybe we're a little stuck with with the uh educational content you guys ever see the video and i just remember when you said elmo on a talk show it used to be one of my favorite videos online and i haven't thought about in a while with cookie monster on martha stewart show oh yeah he just goes crazy oh he seems like he's legitimately upsetting martha stewart he is he is story there the story is that frank Frank oz is awesome first of all pause pause pause, go search cookie monster Martha Stewart. you'll find it the story is that what's up with that amazing video frank oz does not give a fuck that's, <laughs> that's what it comes down so to that's frank oz because like i mean yeah. that's a fairly recent video frank oz yeah. still performs muppets very rarely he doesn't do the the muppet show characters anymore he doesn't do piggy fozzy animal but he's every once in a while he shows up for sesame street stuff from what i hear it's like every other year he'll do like a day on on set cool um, it's cool he still does that yeah i think he just does it i mean like the, the a part of me is a little upset about the fact that like Frank Oz is genuinely one of the, if not one of, the, he is the best uh, puppeteer in the world. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he's just an amazing talent, absolutely hysterical. Uh, but uh, oh, someone's ringing. Uh, he um, just doesn't Let's through it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> distracted. Sorry, whoever's calling. It's cool. So uh, yeah, so he's one of the best puppeteers in the world, but he. 
um, doesn't perform anymore. Like he just wants to direct, and he's a good director. Yeah, he's made some great movies, but he's not the greatest greatest director in the world. That's true. That's it's true. like Picasso being like, you know, I'm going to try playing the guitar, or Jordan playing baseball. I guess. Yeah, exactly. I, don't know. I, I see that, but at the same time, I think you know he's given us decades and decades of genius work. I think we can let him relax. But is he relaxing? If he was, I don't know. If he was, I don't know what genuinely. Frank Oz, what is Frank Oz doing right now? Well, he just got married. So I mean, that's Frank Oz that. on Martha Stewart, and yes. he was just like fuck it, and just like yeah. went for it. Yeah. Because I think he also, like, Frank Oz got to a point in his career where he's like, what are you going to do, fire me? Yeah, exactly. I'm fucking cooking monster. I'm cooking monster. I mean, yeah. So Mar- Martha Stewart seems legitimately upset in that video. It's such a funny video. Yeah, I think she wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I, no. There's also one of um, Frank as Miss Piggy with Martha Stewart that's almost as funny. Which is Oh, well, the other one out. I was just going to mention is uh, Miss Piggy on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno when they had her on for New Year's Eve. I don't remember what year it is. It's definitely on YouTube. But How old is it? Like 90s? It's the 90s. I want to mm-hmm. say it's like 96 to 97, something mm-hmm. like that. So they so they have Miss Piggy on the top of some building in Times Square reporting live to for the, the New Year's Eve thing. And you can kind of tell as they check in with Miss Piggy throughout the hour that Frank Oz is getting increasingly cranky. So well, Also, we, we hear it was freezing cold. Yeah. So they just wanted to, they're just waiting for midnight so they can get the hell out of there. Yeah. Yeah. By the end, he's just kind of like, he's screaming. He's yelling at people off camera. <laughs> just to all, like, all Miss Who Piggy. cares? Yeah. There's a ball. It's going to drop. The ball is dropping. All right. So we're running out of time. One more, one last thing that we haven't talked about yet that people should see to really appreciate the genius of the Muppets. From each of you. Let's get one more from each of you. Oh, Ryan, what are you oh, thinking? I should be thinking about this while you're talking. I know, well, that's not fair. No, I <laughs> and go. Uh, did I name an episode of The Muppet Show yet? No, I, I did. Yeah. Um, wow, I got to think about this. Well, here, while you're thinking, yes, I, I got go. one. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to brag for a second. Uh, have you seen Big Birdman? No. So It's a Birdman. I haven't seen Birdman Birdman yet. spoof yeah. that uh, I actually pitched a spoof of a Birdman to the people of Sesame Street and got to write a script that Whoa. eventually became a thing. That's so, incredible. Congratulations. And it went, thank you. And it went viral. It went like crazy viral, like uh, three quarters of a million views on YouTube. And, um, uh, it is, uh, the great thing about it was it's not just like we're spoofing a popular movie, but like we got to use Carol Spinney as himself. So Carol Spinney has been playing Big Bird right. for 40 some years. And, um, it really was nice to, I mean, I mean, first of all, it was amazing to get to work with him, but like it, it's, uh, uh, really great to see that Carol Spinney got a little bit of a spotlight as himself, mm-hmm. not just as Big Bird. Well, there's that documentary out about him now too, right? Yes. I am Big Bird. Which yeah. is fantastic. That's about to open in, in theaters yeah, all over uh, the country. Yeah. Beginning of March. Um, so I mean, the, but the, really the great thing about Big Bird Man is more about you know what Sesame Street is doing nowadays, which is they're still doing like really amazing spoofs and they're still getting like crazy amounts of attention on YouTube and they're mm-hmm. still like relevant, which is yeah, awesome yeah. for a show that's forty six years old. Uh, you know, a puppet show for for preschoolers, <laughs> right, right, right. for people to care about it still, like still blows my mind. It's for preschoolers and people who watch YouTube. At that's point. right, yeah. and for you and me. Yes, exactly. Right. Mostly for you and me. That's right. Um, I would recommend for Disney fans, at least, to watch The Muppets at Walt Disney World, which is a TV special that was one of the last things Jim Henson ever worked on. Um, It was at the time when he was intending to sell the company to Disney in 1990. And they made this special, which is basically The Muppets running amok at Disney World. And it's just like they go to all 
three parks at the time and it's all these uh like pretty much every muppet character gets something to do within the hour and it's just really funny and fun and has great songs it is and, and, Charles tra- and tragically not on dvd which makes no, no sense no it's never been released it's disney disney yeah. owns the muppets now mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it should be a dvd extra somewhere but it hasn't been yeah are you guys happy with how disney has treated the muppets now that they own them mostly except you uh, know ignoring the fact they shut down the ride in the la theme park <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll let that slide just uh, for the, this you, moment you say mostly i, I say mostly not i feel like between what was that uh 2001 and 2011 2004 was was when they bought them 2004 yeah it took them a while to make anything almost nothing like that's awful wait when did they buy them 2004 and then yeah i mean and then not really anything till the movie in 2011 exactly yeah Yeah. so i feel like every once in a while and still like we'll get like these these like like a push of like there's muppets all over youtube or there's like a like a new muppet special coming out Mm -hmm. or a movie or whatever and then silence okay we did that now let's uh, take a few years off and i'm also like upset about the fact that like They've never figured out how to merchandise the Muppets since they've owned them. Like, really how do we not enough. have Muppet stuff? Yeah. How hard is it to get, like, cool plush, yeah. more DVDs, anything? And they're really just kind of like, every once in a while, they're like, there's a little something, and we don't really I did buy it. a few little adorable uh, Muppet dolls at Hallmark, the Hallmark store for yes. the weekend. So there's that. That is a good license yes. for Disney to have. Yeah. They, they, those are very cute. Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I always have high hopes that, you know, Disney's a, a big machine. Maybe someone will figure out how to make money from the Muppets, which seems pretty obvious to you and me. Well, I don't know if you heard the, the news that, that was all over the internet this past couple of days. No, tell me about is it. Is that they're working on a, I guess it's at this point, it's just a pilot presentation, but for a possible new Muppet series on ABC. Cool. So we're, yeah, we're, our fingers are crossed. And for what, do you have any sense of what that would be like? Like the old Muppet show? Like Muppet, because Muppets tonight when they brought that back in the 90s kind of the same conceit of like the behind the scenes variety show thing, yes right yes i assume it would be not it similar to Muppets like tonight, but the same type of format like a new variety show yeah variety, yeah. variety show would be cool yeah that's really what they do best at exactly i mean that's what their youtube stuff is you know yeah. it's just sketches and songs Short and that's songs really you know and you jokes put a celebrity in there for a half hour that's it that's your show maybe yeah. netflix could do it i'm just throwing that out there i, I would love one of the articles i read it. said they like Netflix had a, they looked at it and they passed on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. That. I didn't know that. Well, this they they say this pilot's for ABC. Netflix has, has been doing some great work, and they're yeah. they're supposedly like about to be rolling out a bunch of um, uh, kids or all ages uh, related stuff soon. So, like, I feel like that would be a no brainer. But it makes sense. Maybe not to the Netflix people. <laughs> it does seem like they're never going away, right? Like, right they're going to be here forever we're all like yes definitely i, right, I yeah. hope well because then if, if they went away we would have nothing to write about that's and true what is the name of the website again tough, tough pigs. pigs and can people follow it in social media various social media outlets? yes what's that like we're on twitter at tough pigs we're on facebook facebook slash dot com slash tough pigs and we're on uh tumblr joe runs the tumblr tumblr because i do not understand tumblr at all right uh you want to do the instagram we do we have an instagram account uh, i don't know we have a google plus do we? we rarely update <laughs> google wave do we have a google wave to, account we have a friendster and a <laughs> Uh, the other cool thing that I wanted to mention is uh, for anyone who's listening who might be local in New York, uh, we do a monthly show called The Muppet Vault. And what that is is uh, we basically pick a theme every month. And, uh, for example, uh, Halloween, our theme is monsters. Or you know, our most recent one was Kermit the Frog themed. Uh, and we pick a bunch of uh, rare or favorite um, Muppet clips and episodes to show in front of an audience. Uh, and it's a lot of fun and we get a really great crowd every, every month. Uh, we usually do it at union hall in park slope. Cool. Uh, it's cheap. It's only eight bucks. And um, we do Muppet themed drink specials, which is always fun. That's right. We We've had the, the Fozzie Naval is a favorite. That's yes. A good one. 
Uh, and uh, we do trivia. We give away prizes from our, our own personal Muppet collection because we have so much crap that we don't yes. know what to do with it. Uh, we've been doing the show for uh, almost five years now. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're coming up on our 50th show soon, which is going to be really fun. That's cool. Uh, so you can get information about that on our website, on Tough Pigs, uh, or uh, uh, we, we always mention it on our social media as well, as much as possible. That sounds fun. I'll have to check that out. Yes, please. Thanks so much for talking, guys. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for having us. everybody thanks so much for listening to yet another episode of the jeff rubin jeff rubin show i i'm gonna level with you i just recorded one of these it was beautiful i sang a song i recited a poem and then i listened back to it and i think the cable's broken and i lost the whole thing it was just static i think i got to throw out this cable i definitely lost that song and the poem and they were really beautiful and I'm, honestly i'm just in a rush otherwise i'd sing them again uh you're just getting this lame-ass outro instead where all i do is remind you to follow me on instagram where i'm at jeff rubin show I think. Maybe I'm at Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin. I'm not sure. You'll figure it out. Uh, on Twitter, though, I'm at Jeff Rubin Show. And uh, the Facebook fan page on Tumblr at Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show.com. Nope. Duh, that's the podcast page, Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show.com. Tumblr, just Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin.com. Couldn't make more sense. And I guess that's it. You know where to go. Find me. Say hello. Uh, send me an email. My email address is at Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show.com. You can get in touch with me. Let me know about uh, people you'd like to hear on the show. Love that. And I think that's it. I'll talk to you guys in two wish weeks. 